Um, I would feel very um, nervous about it and anxious. I'm not even gonna front. I will feel nervous about it and anxious. So <laughs> my friends don't come to me for that. Advice. <laughs> my friends do not come to me for advice because a lot of times we put more pressure on ourselves than we need to. Um, but that you're not alone on this journey. Um, some of the feelings you feel, other therapists feel it too. So. <laughs> Hey Sunshine! How's your heart? It's Faja in China! And you know, it's the second episode of The Transparent Therapist. Hey guys! Yeah! Hey. <laughs> I made it back, you're a real one! Yes, you're a real one for real. So um, we decided that, you know, of course naturally you guys are listening to us and you want to know who we are, so um, we're going to break this episode up into two parts, um, and we're going to basically interview each other so that way you guys have more of an understanding of who we are individually, and then how we uh, later we'll talk about how we pretty much came together. Sounds good, China? So I am going to start. First of all, I am so excited that we are here again for our second episode, and yeah. I'm so excited to ask you these questions because I know how amazing you are, but I'm really excited for our listeners to kind of get a second hand or just get like up close and personal understanding who the, um, who the thrifted therapist is. All right. So you ready for question number one? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. So question number one, have you always wanted to be a therapist? If not, what made you want to become a therapist? Um, so I wouldn't, I'm going to stay on track. <laughs> so I'm going to say as a social worker, I didn't originally know that being a therapist was an option. I will be completely honest about that. Um, I didn't, I don't think I realized that until I went into graduate school and I was like, oh, I could do therapy too. Um, so naturally, no, I, I just was going to be a social worker and um, doing more of that like case management, even though for grad school, I went into the clinical route and I knew I wanted to get my license and all that. Um, I don't think I initially thought I would be a therapist or if I did, it was like really in the beginning, but um, that wasn't my ultimate goal. Um, what made me become a therapist? Once I knew that that was a possibility that I could be a therapist, I was like, oh, let me try this out. Like, um, so I became interested in it and started looking up things. And the more you learn in grad school, I think it kind of prepares you, especially when you go to clinical route, it kind of prepares you to want to do therapy. So my second um, internship was at a um, outpatient place and it was amazing. I loved it. Like I enjoyed it. At first I was like, I don't think I could do this like as a full day, like a full-time job. Mm -hmm. um, but now I'm, I think I could probably do it. I, I really like therapy, but um, it really helped me to do that internship um, and be the therapist uh, for the clients that had Medicaid. So it was cool. Okay, Faja. So tell us about your journey to becoming a therapist. Um, so my journey to becoming a therapist, obviously I went, I got my master's. I think it took me about three years, maybe three and a half, um, because I did it part-time. So it took me about three and a half years. I did take my 
LSW test, which is the uh, licensed social work test in New Jersey. I took it before I actually finished school um, and I didn't pass. And I was, I was bummed. Um, and a lot of people was asking me why I did that because I was still, you know, working, interning, um, obviously still in school and playing in a wedding. So everybody was like, you doing too much at once. Um, and then my, at that time I was at my internship and that's when I was doing outpatient um, uh, services. And I was obviously the clinician there and my supervisor there was like, don't worry about it. Like, I know you're a great therapist because she was my supervisor there. So um, I said I would do it again. I did it, I took the test again <laughs> and I didn't pass again. And when I tell you I was pissed, like I was next level pissed, like I'm not taking the test again, that's it. Um, I'm gonna go on and I'm going to prepare for my wedding and get married, whatever, and I'll revisit it. Um, I took it again, I think maybe that September. Um, and I think prior to taking it, yeah, prior to taking it, God had told me to write um, prayers out for test takers. So like when I would pray for my test, I should find a scripture and write my prayer out. And he told me that the day before I took the exam. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll do that. So I went and took the test and I did not pass it. And I was like, dog. You know, you told me oh, right. <laughs> to do this. So I was like, I was telling my mom because it didn't hit me until later. Like, how could you write prayers for test takers if you're not studying at this moment? So it was like, a, oh, okay. But like, I was still kind of like annoyed with that. So um, I started studying. The last time I started studying, I honestly didn't really study. I probably studied more the first three times and the last time I was just like I know this information so what am I studying for it was more so um for me a lack of faith so it was a lesson for me so what I did the most was I probably would study like for an hour 45 minutes and not every day just kind of <laughs> a couple of times a week when I could and but I would every time I would I would write the prayers out and um, find the scripture have the scriptures that go with it so I actually have a notebook full of prayers for test takers that I will be typing up in this quarantine season um so I could get that out for people but yeah once I did that and I took the test I passed it so um after that I became an IIC um which is the in-community clinician um I did that I didn't really care for it um I was working with like a four-year-old a five-year-old and then I had like a 19-year-old which I liked the 19-year-old uh, and not that I didn't like the four and five it was just difficult because they were so young the five-year-old was okay but the four she was really young um but I wasn't that big of a fan of like being a clinician out in the community and I don't know why so but I knew it was like you know, when you're in school, they always tell you, like, being in the home lets you see everything. So that's, like, really good. So I would keep that in mind. Um, I did that for a, a few months, but then I kind of stopped um, because I felt like it hmm, – I want to be careful what I say. Um, <laughs> but I want to be transparent. The person I was working for, like, I didn't – he was – I didn't want him to be the person to supervise me for my hours. Okay. So I knew that wasn't going to be a permanent 
thing. So I just needed to find, and then I was like, I think I want to do outpatient. So I stopped doing that. I took a break because then I started a new job. And then um, I took like a year off. Yeah, yeah, about a year off, exactly. And then I found um, where I am now. And right now I'm doing outpatient. I still do some in-home, but I only will do like maybe one or two. A lot of people do in-home because they supposedly get you more hours, but um, yeah. So I do mainly outpatient, um, but I like it. So that's just been my journey so far, like in Cliff Notes. Okay. So it sounds like you really uh, love being an outpatient therapist. So tell me what's the most important thing to you about being a therapist? The most important thing to me about being a therapist, um, just making sure the space that we are in, in session, even when I'm doing outpatient as well as at home, is that my client feels safe. Like, I want them to feel safe. I want them to feel like they can come there and it's a judgment-free zone. Like, that is always important to me. Um, I recently told a client that, like, she was kind of like, kind of said something but she was kind of scared I guess because if someone else heard it it would sound bad but it's like it doesn't matter what it sounds like in here like in our session it doesn't matter it this is your session like you know um of course naturally if it was something that you know made me feel uncomfortable I would have to check my own feelings but I just want my clients to feel like they are somewhere safe and that, that that's the place that they can, can't be themselves anywhere else that in our sessions, that's where they can be themselves. Um, because that's going to help in the process of with their goals and things of that nature. So yes. I love that. I think that's beautiful. So this is actually a fun question. What would you do if you saw one of your clients in the grocery store or if you saw one of your clients at the club? Um, so if I see one of my clients at the club in a grocery store, I'm not checking for you. I'm not going to say hi to you. Um, and not because I don't want to and I'm just being rude. Um, because naturally we're taught that when you see someone, um, you don't want to make them uncomfortable. I don't want the client to be uncomfortable. Like, oh my gosh, that's my therapist. Not that everybody in the world, even if you say, if I say hi to you, would know that I'm your therapist, but just, I don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable. So unless they say hi to me first, then I would say hi to them. Now at the club, I'm not even going to fake. I would be like, oh snap. <laughs> Because the club saying you just don't know, you just don't know what you doing, what everybody's doing. Like, I feel like you see your client as a person, but I feel like your client really might not see you, the therapist, as a person. And I know in this group we're in, where the clinician said she was like, I guess twerking herself and her <laughs> client seeing her there. <laughs> and I was like, yo, I can see like, I couldn't, I guess you can't be mad if a, if your client is like, yo, I don't want to kick it with you because you was in the club working real hard at it. Like, but that was something she really enjoyed. And so I wouldn't speak in that setting. Um, I would feel very um, nervous about it. And anxious. I'm not even going to front. I would feel nervous about it and anxious. Like, oh my gosh, like, I hope they don't bring it up in session. Like, I hope, or I hope we can continue sessions. Like, they don't look at me differently. And not that I would be in the club doing something crazy, but it's just, you know, the setting. And, you know, I'm not, you probably ain't going to see me in nobody's club anyway, unless it's somebody's birthday and they press for me to go, but still. Okay. 
funny. Um, I love your answer. <clears throat> All right, so this question is, uh, this is a little bit more serious question. So as a therapist, sometimes people in our personal lives, they tend to come to us for advice or, you know, I have this situation going on, what should I do? So tell me how you practice boundaries and how you also practice self-care. What does that look like? Okay, so <laughs> my friends don't come to me for that. <laughs> for advice? My friends do not come to me for advice. Um, I I don't know. They don't come to me for advice. Actually, in 2010, yeah, 2010, I actually, um, I stopped giving advice to people anyway because I felt like I was giving advice to people and they weren't taking it. And then I realized, like, just going through my own stuff, in college and stuff, I realized people would give me advice and I was, at the end of the day, I was going to do what I wanted to do anyway. Like, it was nice to hear, but if I still want to kick it with him, I'm still kicking with him whether you said I shouldn't or not, friend. So I just kind of felt like, I just kind of took that on. So when people would ask me for advice, I would tell them I couldn't give them advice. Um, but my friends don't ask me for advice. A lot of times, um, I have friends that, and it's mainly males, they're like, I don't need you to be my therapist. So, yeah, as soon as I felt like I got in this field, people was just like, oh, she she trying to be my therapist. And, like, I tell them all the time, like, I don't want to be a therapist because I can't get paid for it, and I can't count it to my, towards my hours. Right. So I don't want to be a therapist. Um, so I don't – I probably do therapy them, and they don't know it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, because I'm not one to give advice, just like as a therapist, I wouldn't give advice, so I just move the same way. Um, so that is that's helpful for me as far as boundaries. I do have people though that I um they will call me, and because sometimes I feel like you just need to be a sounding board for people, that I'll be their sounding board for them. But sometimes I have to stop that myself because it can be draining. Um so I will ignore calls if I have to. I will put my phone on sleep mode. Um, or I would limit my time with them on the phone because I just can't. Sometimes that can be very draining. So that would be how I, you know, have that boundary. Um, as far as self-care, I'm horrible with it. I will be completely transparent about that. Um, I preach it to my clients all the time, my friends. Um, but I don't do the best in it in myself. And it's just difficult because I juggle a lot of different things. Um, so I'm, I've been trying to be a lot more intentional. Um, I had started getting my nails done. So that was like, a, a, that was good for me before this quarantine. Um, but right now I'm going to focus on like just watching shows that I want to watch and just kind of enjoying relaxing. Um, because China and I had a conversation yesterday and it kind of hit me like, you know what? I should be relaxing in this season. Like I'm not driving around. Like why am I feeling just as drained as I do, if not more than when I am out in the field and, um, in the office. So I'm just going to take advantage of taking like more naps and just like relaxing and enjoying being quarantined at this time. So, yeah. Okay. So tell us what made you want to see a therapist. Uh, what made me want to see a therapist is in graduate school, they recommend that you see a therapist um, while you're in school and they tell you like 
they'll connect you to the one on the um, campus and all that. Um, but I didn't live in the area, so that wasn't going to work. And then I just always wanted to go to therapy. I always feel like, I still kind of feel like that, like everybody should see a therapist at one point in their lives. Um, just because there's some things that you don't even realize affect you, like, and it don't have to be anything like really major, but you'll be like, oh, I didn't even think like that would contribute to anything. Um, I've also had some trauma. So that uh, played a part in why I wanted to go to therapy because I want I needed to address my trauma. Although I felt like I addressed it myself um, for the most part. And I think I did that during my MSW program, which is interesting. Um, I just still wanted to see a professional and see a therapist um, to help me uh, kind of process that trauma. And it's, it's, I feel like it's important for a therapist to see a therapist because we take on a lot of information from our clients. Yeah. So we definitely need to make sure that we're okay in that season. Like, um, So I find it, that's why I really want to see a therapist. Um, but I've always, for years, wanted to see a therapist. It was just finding a good one and finding the time. But now I always say that's part of my self-care too, like going to see my therapist. Like I actually get excited to go see my therapist. Like I'll be dancing and all that. Um, so <laughs> yeah, that's why I wanted to see a therapist for myself. Last but certainly not least, where did the thrifted therapist name come from? Okay, so the thrifted therapist name started as a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I went to CurlFest. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's for a natural, for, um, like an event for natural hair. It's in New York, whatever. So I would go every year. I went this year, um, to CurlFest and I, I, I thrifted, um, kind of like this jacket thing. It actually is a shirt, but I wore it as a jacket anyway. Um, and I, when I put it, I put um, the finale because this is the last girl fest I was going to. And um, I put hashtag the thrifted therapist. No, I put something. Yeah, I think I put hashtag the thrifted therapist. And my friend um, was commenting and was like the thrift therapist. And she was laughing about it. And then later we had a conversation about it. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm really going to run with that. Like the thrifted therapist because I am, I do thrift. Um, I actually loved thrifting growing up. My mom would thrift all the time and I would be so annoyed with her in thrifting and why my jean jacket got to be thrifted and all this stuff um, just to get older and kind of like love it. Um, and all my blazers that I wear to work, I thrift them. I do not buy blazers from stores. I think thrifted blazers are way better than the blazers they put out. Um, and some blazers people wear now I can get that same blazer for like five dollars seven dollars um so yeah I love um thrifting uh one of my like I guess you could say like styles that I like um it's from the 90s if you guys watch have ever seen a different world that's my favorite show in the entire universe I love that show um and some of my (laughs) fashion thoughts and the way I like to dress come from so if you know me personally or you've seen some of the things I've worn it come it'll come like I'm inspired by things from a different world so like I like to wear like very um eclectic uh blazers and stuff like that like I'll wear a nice little plain real nice blazer but um yeah I like I like the 90s that's my thing so that is where the thrifted therapist came from because sis be thrifting 
right, so thank you so much for um, answering those questions. And is there anything mm-hmm. you want to leave out, like a, a closing note? Anything? Um, what a closing note. I just want you said my what? Therapist gym you want to drop? Faja gym, anything? A therapist gym I want to drop. Um, I got a couple of gems, but I don't want to, cause you know, we got some, some episodes coming. So I just do want to say, um, the journey, like everybody is like, you're not alone. That's what I want to say. You're not alone in this journey. If you think, if you have some doubts, just know that you're not the only one doubting or questioning certain things. And that's why I think it's important to have a therapist friend because it allows you to see that I'm not in this journey alone. I'm not the only one that has questions. I'm not the only one that might be struggling with something or feel like I'm struggling with something because a lot of times we put more pressure on ourselves than we need to, Um, but that you're not alone on this journey. Um, Some of the feelings you feel, other therapists feel it too. So that would be my gem for now. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing your heart with us, for sharing your journey. And I'm pretty sure that, you know, just the journey that you shared, somebody, whoever is listening to this is going to be able to resonate with what you shared. So again, thank you so much. And yeah, we'll see y'all guys. Um, China will be up next. So y'all already know, make sure y'all stay tuned for that.